Why do you sound really deep, Jordan? Um, I because I've, I think I've just got up. Uh, wait, do I sound deeper than I normally do? You do, yeah, re- you, yeah sound- you do now. You didn't originally. <laughs> you sound like Jules. Ju- you sound like Jules did. <laughs> That's just Skype. Just be Skype. <laughs> it's brilliant. What is? <laughs> Stop talking. It's making me laugh. What's going on? <laughs> it sounds like you're using a voice changer. Yeah, are, you, are you calling someone and leaving a prank call? <laughs> Wait, hang on. You're laughing at the way I sound. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh. Um. Do you have a recording of this? <laughs> Can you record it? <laughs> uh, you're recording. I have a very special skill. <laughs> <laughs> you sure you're not just putting on a voice? <laughs> it's fantastic. No. <laughs> okay. okay. Oh, I hope it doesn't get fixed. So we are coming back uh, for uh, episode 27 of the Mavis podcast. We have been away for quite some time, like over a month. Um, we did say that we would record after the uh, September 12th event. And sadly, when I got back from Switzerland, I was ill for the week. And then we weren't able to record. Uh, Jules went to the States for a bit. So we do apologize for not having an episode for a while, but we are back. So uh, Jules, you, uh, how was the States? It was wonderful. It was a lot warmer than it is uh, here. Yeah, when you when you got back, it definitely uh, got a bit colder. Yeah, though actually, back. it's not it's not too bad today. It wasn't too bad yesterday, but I think when I actually returned back, I really felt the cold. Yeah, it has been uh, it's been it's been pretty cold lately. Um, so we have quite a bit of uh, catching up to do, um, and we don't want to make this whole episode just catching up with with what's been going on since then. So let's get into it. So the, the first thing I want to catch up on is the September Apple event. Um, there are, a bit, we're just going to run through a couple of things that happened, talk about a little, like a little bit about each one and then um, move on. But I would recommend listening to episodes of upgrade or ATP around that kind of time, just because they cover this stuff in more detail. So the Apple watch series four, um, what do you think, Jules? Um, well, I saw. <laughs> I've actually seen yours now, and um, oh, it does give, look give the game rather away. nice. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I have seen yours now, and I quite like the look of it. Um, it's nice. It's a nice upgrade. It doesn't look too different to the existing one, um, but those millimeters really make a difference on on your wrist, don't they? You reckon? So I yeah, was actually going to say the opposite. Smallest, the smallest size difference. Uh, I think I think it makes quite a difference when you're doing something like putting um putting a shirt on or something like that. Even mm. even a couple of millimeters can make quite a bit of difference there. I was I was quite worried about going from a forty two to a forty four because everybody like there were a couple of things on Twitter about how um it would be quite substantial. But I actually think it was the opposite. I, I it's just like the same for me. It didn't really grow in, um, like the, the actual size. It just seems like the display grew, which is. But it also seems a little bit flatter, though. 
It it does. It seems a lot thinner as well. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's the thing for me. Like the the size, the the kind of diagonal measurement or the width doesn't. Um, yeah, it, like you say, it's it's slightly larger, but it feels the same. It's just screen that's got bigger. But I do think the depth makes it seem just that little bit more streamlined. Mm. Yeah, I, I so I really like it. I I got mine um, probably around three to four weeks ago now. I think. And, um, I was actually, I was wanting the, the stainless steel, but I was looking the other day and delivery for those is still looking at the end of November, like November the 30th. So I'm kind of glad I decided to go for the aluminium. I've saved a bit of money and also had it a bit sooner. Um, so I went for that. I, I really like it. I think the notifications are really, they're huge and and really, really nice. I'm coming from, uh, from a series two Jules, You obviously have the series three. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, I really like this device. It's uh, the haptic feedback and the digital crown feels really, really nice. Um, and actually, I talked in the previous episode about how I wanted to basically. I was hoping that three, who did my, who you know, who's my phone provider, uh, would support the Apple Watch. They didn't. Um, but I actually switched to Vodafone because I got the cellular version this time. Switched to Vodafone because they support it. And now um, I am really happy because I only take my watch on a, on my walk. And uh, I, I, if anyone needs to contact me, they can. But I can listen to my podcasts and be contacted if I need to. And I'm just using my AirPods for that. So I really enjoy it. Um, what is the, the appeal in that? What's the appeal in, oh, I can take my watch, my walk, and I can be contacted and I can have my pod, you know, I can listen to my podcasts when you could just take your phone as well. Like, what is the appeal in that? So I've been taking my phone for the past two years, right, To on my walks, and it does get annoying, um, like, have like depending on what size phone you have as well, it being in your pocket, if you're doing anything like hiking and, like, or just going up and like, climbing or something like that, maybe up a, you know, quite a steep trail or something, it does get quite annoying. It also, it's just, like, the, the way you can be contacted and the distractions as well is another thing that... I, I I quite I want to reduce like I said to you guys and I think I spoke about this in an episode uh, a couple of times back where I was like trying to make sure that if you guys need to contact me then you can but everything else I'm just like completely oblivious to in the morning um I I don't know I really like it I, I really like the fact that I don't need to take my phone with me but if like I can use my my watch as kind of like my phone in partnership with the airpods the thing about the watch, I suppose, is the fact that you don't get those. Yes, you do get notifications if you have a text message or something like that. But you can't like surf the web or mm. look at the news yeah. or look at Twitter or Instagram or any of those uh, potential distractions. Now, I don't know if you actually get distracted on, on your walks, um, but I know that sometimes when I'm running in the gym, um Sometimes I do look at my phone and then suddenly I realize that I've looked at Twitter, even, mm. even though I didn't really mean to. Yeah, I guess, I guess the other thing as well is that I'm taking my watch by default because if, like, if, if I was to get rid of one device on my, on my walk, it would be the phone because the watch is what is doing the tracking of the, yeah, it the does workout. the exercise. Exactly. Yeah. So to have, to have everything I need for my walk and still be contactable in just the watch is, is really helpful for me at least. Um, so, so I did that. Um, and also I, I ventured out into color this time and I got 
the I got an Indigo Sport Loop. I I did go for the Space Gray uh, Apple Watch, but I did get a colored band. Um, and I'm enjoying that. I'm wearing it now. I really quite like the colored band. I'm a big fan of those uh, Sport Loops. Mm. Um, if I remember correctly, Jordan is not. He says they look like Velcro. I mean, yeah, like, they look meh. Yeah, they are they are made out of the same materials as Velcro, um, but I find them to be well. I mean, I've only tried a few different ones, but out of the ones I've tried, I find them to be the most comfortable. I yeah. wear a lot of athletic sports wear anyway, so th- that kind of material for me is a favorite. Um, but I find them to be the most, by far, the most comfortable of the of the bands that I've tried. I do wish they were just a tiny little bit more more stretchy, but they do have some stretch in them. Um, I really like them. Now, I would say, actually, I noticed, Andrew, you have yours the uh, correct way round, which is where the the kind of the loop part mm-hmm. is at the top. So, no, sorry, is at the bottom. The bottom. So it's facing, it's facing towards you. Yes. I have mine, so the loop part is at the top because I actually prefer that. Mm-hmm. Have you tried sw- swapping it over? Um, I think I definitely did it once and I didn't like it. And I was like, this feels odd. Um, I don't know why. I just find that like pulling from my left to right when I'm putting it on seems more, um, I don't know. It seems like the right thing to do rather than pulling right to left. Interesting. So I, d- I do agree that they are definitely more comfortable. I had the, so I have the sport, band which is obviously just the rubber one and i have the i do also have the nylon one which by the way are all gone they don't sell those anymore i had a I'm nylon. not surprised they um they I, I was not a fan of those no those i i liked them when they first came out because i i just had the sport uh band but the the nylon ones were the first kind of nice ones that i i thought i'd want to come out but yeah i've, I've completely retired that one i still use the sport band but i do not use the nylon um, they also got really fil- like filthy. And, they do, yeah, yeah. And also, it seems like really stiff. Whereas these are like really nice and soft, and they they seem to stay that way, which is quite nice. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. I I really like this watch. I would say actually on on the bands they they showed the a new Nike Sport Loop with reflective material. Mm. I saw it at the in the event, but I've never seen it um, available to buy. Interesting. I know the, yeah, the no, no the, idea what happened with that. I know the Nike ones took a little little further like time to come out rather than they 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 yeah. got released later. I don't. Uh, well, I don't know why the yeah the 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 Nike watches did the ones that ha- I mean. There's not much yes. difference apart from the fact that the running app is pre-installed and it's got the mm-hmm. the, the swoosh on the on the on the back. It's got all the um, font at uh, the watch faces and stuff, etc. As well. Oh yeah, yeah, the watch faces too. But um but no, they they showed a reflective sport loop, a black uh with with like um like a reflective weave in it. But uh no, I've never seen it. I don't know what happened to that. I I did nearly get one because um when I was looking for mine, the stock was really bad even for the aluminums, al- aluminums, aluminiums. Um I've been listening to too many Americans. Um and uh, I nearly did get one because I was like, oh, I'll look at the aluminium. And then uh, and then I was like, oh, the, the, maybe because the, the Nike ones are just coming out, maybe they'll have stock. And they still didn't, which is a bit frustrating. Um, but yeah, so let's move on. 
So the the iPhone XS came out. Um, that was also announced. I I got the Max. Um, it's like my old iPhone X. It's, I mean, they always get faster. However, I'm I'm not really doing anything that really tests like tests how fast it is. Um, but it is essentially like my old iPhone X grew and got just just got bigger, which is quite nice. So I got I got the Max because of the the fact that I now have cellular on the watch. And I don't have to take it on my walk. It kind of makes the space for it in my life where because um, I don't have to take it with me. I can you know like only use the phone when I need to actually use it. Um, the only thing I would say as well is that the camera changes in the event took up a long time, but they didn't communicate them well at all. And everyone, and even me coming after that event and having the phone was like, this this camera is incredible and it just wasn't communicated well at all in the the uh, the keynote, to me at least. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I found that they they went on about that, that camera. Um, I think it was Phil was going on about how it was, yeah. amazing the camera was and that there was no expensive camera equipment. But the iPhone is an expensive camera. It's really expensive and it's got a high-end camera in it. So him saying, look at this amazing video made with no high-end camera equipment was just rubbish, in my opinion, it, it, the, because that's way, exactly what it is. The way it came across, though, was just like, oh, yeah, we've made the camera better like they do every year. I didn't really see, uh, like, there wasn't in my mind, there wasn't like a, oh, right, I can see, like, all these changes between the two, like... Whereas when you actually compare the 10 and the 10s like cameras, there is a massive difference. But that didn't really come yeah. across in the in the keynote. It was just like, oh yeah, we made it better again. So, so we, we don't technically we don't really keep track of the um, of the Google stuff. But <laughs> I have seen um, I've seen a lot of people say, oh yeah, that, that Google yeah. wins now on the camera, and that mm-hmm. the uh, the 10s was not a, enough of an improvement to get as good as the the latest pixel uh phones um i don't know because i've not i've not used one mm-hmm. um but i have seen comparison pictures especially in uh dark um situations mm-hmm. for video and uh, photo and from what i have seen the pixel does look significantly better and i would also say that this um what do they call it portrait mode mm-hmm Portrait mode is absolutely yeah. rubbish. I, I don't know why they I don't know why they show that off as if it's as if it's good. If you if you use a camera, so I've got a Canon 7D, and if I try and do a similar effect, it looks incredible. You get a really, really nice um like the, the way that the light kind of splits behind the subject that you're taking the photo of looks absolutely glorious. When you do the same thing on an iPhone, it just looks blurry. I don't know who they're trying to fool with that portrait stuff. It's not very good at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a camera guy, I'm not like a photographer, like so. I don't, I don't know like you do. Um, I've, I have heard that people obviously say that doing it on a on a proper camera is is better. Um, but I, I, do, I quite like it as being just, being, um, being I'm a not basic sure. photographer. I am they, using my they, iPhone. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, Phil, Phil takes these pictures and goes, and look at this. It's wonderful. There's been no, uh, you know, digital touch, touch ups mm. done, you know, no Photoshop. That's because you put Photoshop in the chip, right? It's, it's yeah, doing it yeah. on the hardware. It's still touching up the photo, but the difference is now that it's an algorithm that's doing it rather than the mm-hmm. user doing it. 
I don't know. I felt their whole messaging about that camera was not too great. And I, you know, I don't want to downplay their improvements because they have been good, solid improvements. Um, it's one of the, one of the best cameras you can have. I mean, I don't carry my digital camera, my SLR around with me because it's so large and I can get really good results on, on the, mm-hmm. the mobile phone. The Lumia that I had before it and the iPhone now is, is, is pretty good too. Um, but I just, I don't know. I feel like they, 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 I don't know. They just, it, it was really kind of mixed the messages that they said about that, that camera. But, um, yeah, not, not really. The, the camera isn't really a selling point for me mm-hmm. on the 10s, but I think I would like a 10s for the eSIM because yes, yes, being able to have my UK number whilst traveling without having to take the SIM card out, which was a real pain when I was in the States, um, for, for my last trip. Uh, and then be able to get someone like AT&T for, for a data contract would be super useful. The problem is that when I set up iMessage, it used my uh, mobile phone number rather than my email address by default. Mm-hmm. So all these people who I've sent messages to in the past are no, not able to message me while I'm in the States because of the fact that they're replying to a number for a SIM card that has been taken out of my phone. I can't do that again. So b- before I travel to the States next time, I think I will look to get a 10S specifically for the eSIM. Yeah, I, I upgraded just because I'm on the upgrade program. And really, it was, I think, another like £4 a month or something like that. So I was just like, hey, why not? Also, I did, you know, I got the Max this time instead. So it was a bit different. Um, but now I know, I know Jordan in the last episode. Uh, I think he, I think to, to quote him, said that it was, he absolutely loved his phone and it was the perfect size. But, um, <laughs> have, have your thoughts changed on that? John's brain. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I've just been, to be fair, it wasn't even the size that really bothered me. It was the fact that the colors on the, uh, the 10, the normal 10 on the OLED screen just looked so much nicer. And then I was like, well, I don't think I'm a, I'm, I'm, I think I'm making it out to be a bit more like of a problem than I think it is, but I do feel like it is massive. It's a massive phone. And the reason is, is because you realize I was at Andrews not too long ago when there was an iPhone 3G S and oh, I remember yeah, that yeah. phone and it was a brilliant phone. I had that phone. I've had most phone, most of the iPhones. And that was like, that felt like a big phone at the time. And not big as in too big. It just felt like the right size. I'm looking at my phone now and I'm thinking, it is a good size, but it is a bit of a fabler, isn't it? Yes. They, they are big. I I also have a 5S that I actively use, um, that I use for like sounds and video and stuff when, when I sleep. Um, so I, it's really strange using that. Like that device feels so, so small. But I remember getting the five and being like, "Wow, this is huge!" Like, because it was it was a great it was a great device. I loved the five, by the way. Um, that black was awesome, um, and it is it is like so. I've got the yeah the tennis max now, and and it's basically like the max, right? It's already like the plus like you've got Jordan. Mm. But the the screen's even bigger, isn't it? Mm. It's basically the 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 chin and the the forehead have been turned into screen, right? Yeah, but they're around the same. They're around the same size, mm. um, and and so like a 10s. If I was to switch to a 10s, I think don't I actually get large from from the plus? Don't I actually get more 
screen. Yes. Yeah, you get more smaller, screen real estate. But smaller, but smaller, smaller form factor. Shape. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something I, I I'm not keen on the max, but I will say um, the chances are that I'm constantly going to go backwards and forwards between wanting a larger one and mm. a smaller one. I think yeah. that's just the nature of of these yeah. devices. I think you're right. I think I think you're right. I don't think I could be content with. I think they have trade offs, don't they? And like you'll get bored of one. Because you'll be looking at the other thinking, oh, I could do these things. And I think it's quite interesting because I think there's lots of different things that could, that whole psychological thing is applied to. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like the, It's almost like FOMO, fear of missing out. Yeah. 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 I, I, um, I don't, I, I did really enjoy the iPhone 10 size. Like, cause I had, so I had the seven plus before that and I I thought that was I, it was fine. It was my first big phone. I didn't have the six plus, so I was like, "This is quite a jump." Um, going down seemed fine. Something that I actually did with this XS is that I I so I've gone up in size from the ten to the XS Max, and I've reduced my font size so I get even more content. <laughs> I'm just going all in on on space. Really? Yeah, mm, interesting. Yeah, I've, I've got yeah. the eyes for it, so uh, I, I'm enjoying it though. It seems fine. Yeah, why not? Why not? There's certainly enough pixels on there to be able to put legible text yeah, uh, at God, small yeah. sizes. And the other thing I would say is that the battery has been really, really, really good. I am able to... Um, so quite often we're in the office, and if we dial someone in, it's easier for me, because the speakers on this thing are also insane. Um, the stu- the, the um, surround, well, it surround sound, the you know uh, stereo pairing that they've done, it's incredible, but... Um, so I'll often like put my phone in the middle of a table while a couple of us stand around and like would you stand up and um put the volume up max and or sometimes I don't even have to because this phone is just very, very loud. And then so that's like a half an hour call, maybe sometimes you know, well, fifteen minutes to half an hour or whatever, depending on how the day is. And then I'm on calls like throughout the day, going in meetings with with people sharing their screen through like Skype for business or I'm dialing in these places or using my phone as well for music and podcasts and stuff like that. And like I get home and it's like, yeah, I can still go. And it's like, damn, this this you know this battery is really good. Like I'm, I haven't had a problem with that at all. So, um, yeah, that's good. I do like it. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do in the future. I'm. I think depending on what the next one is, like next year, I might just try and keep it because I have upgraded now for every year for a couple of years. So, um, I'm not too kind of. I, I'm happy with this. It depends what they do the next year. So also uh, in the last episode we said that we that we knew that there was a surface event coming. Uh it came, it went um it it was cuz I, I think we were talking about it beforehand. I, I was expecting uh processor bumps for the laptop and the pro. Um that's pretty much what we got. They also introduced a new color, so they they're now available in black. I thought it was the same black that the uh the surface pro originally came in so the pro one and the pro two uh but apparently it's a slightly different process to make the black i think the the previous one was like a painted on top and this is actually supposed to be something some powdered oxidized something or other um they look nice though surface laptop and surface pro uh, are now available in black they they also updated the surface studio and this is much more interesting to me i the the 
the Surface Laptop and the Surface Pro, they, they actually up the numbers. So it's Surface Laptop 2, Surface Pro 2. Sorry, Surface Pro 6 or whatever it is, which didn't really seem necessary to me because they haven't really changed much other than the hmm. uh, uh, spec bump and the color. But Wait, whatever. they do a Surface Book in black now? Sorry, did I say book? I mean, Surface Laptop and Surface Pro. Oh. They, they're now available in, in black. They don't do a Surface Book in black yet. Um, that'll probably happen next time. It'd be quite interesting. Um, but no, there hasn't been an update to the Surface Book since the Surface Book 2. Um, the Surface Studio did get an update. Um, I yeah. speculated that they were going to change the, uh, the body to allow it to rotate Mm. to the kind of portrait landscape in the same way that the surface hub does apparently not they've not done that i i don't know if that's because the software isn't ready for this yet keep in mind that the software that runs on the hub uh, two, the surface hub two is so behind that they're actually going to be shipping it with the old software so they're going to ship it with the original surface hub one software when the surface hub two comes out because the proper software for the Surface Hub 2 isn't ready yet. And that's the one that handles the rotation and all these kind of bits and pieces. Maybe they're waiting for that, but the Surface Studio has the same body that it had before, but it is 35% faster and 50% faster graphics. And yes, Andrew, they finally replaced that hybrid disk with a full Yay. SSD. So this is, this is now... Um, like the the far, by far the fastest surface that they make. Oh, and wait, it comes in black. Right, it does not come in black. Oh, <laughs> it does not come in black. But it um, but it does look good. It it is uh, everything that you kind of wanted for like I wanted from a Surface Studio update. I would have preferred this to have been sooner um, than it is, but it doesn't really matter because. You know, I don't have a Surface Studio, so it's not like I feel like I've got a, an old design here. Um, I would still really like a Surface Studio, but they are too expensive. Mm. Um, but it does look, it does look super nice. Um, really, really good, uh, updates there. Um, the bit of a surprise for me, the kind of the something special that they, they added was the Surface headphones. And yeah, yes, I didn't expect that. that, that was unexpected. On my part too, um, I, I definitely will be getting some of these. Um, really surprised that they are doing it. Um, as we kind of touched on the series stuff earlier, and I, I think Cortana's built into these headphones, which means that um, Cortana actually runs on the headphones themselves rather than it being... So in the same way that you know how... Um, Alexa or whatever runs on the end in device. the speaker. Yeah. yeah. So in the same way, Cortana is running in the headphone. So it's actually disconnected from uh, a device. I assume that means it has some kind of Wi-Fi connection. I don't, I don't really know how that works. I, I don't know how it, um, how it gets to the internet, but that interests me. I think we'll have to have a chat about Cortana and Siri Um another time because i think while that is a plus point for me i i do feel like cortana hasn't progressed as much as i would like mm-hmm. um but, but let's save that discussion for another day um the thing the thing about the headphones that kind of sells it for me my i've got some, i've had some sony ones which i really really like uh i've enjoyed having them yeah uh, for, i've had them for a few years i've really enjoyed having them um part of them is a bit 
kind of falling apart now because I use them a lot. Um, and I'm, I've been looking to swap out my headphones in general. Um, so I've, I've got multiple pairs of headphones and I think it's that kind of refresh time after a few years of, uh, of using the same headphones. Um, so these, this is definitely something I want to, to try out. One of the things that I think I've never seen before is the fact that there's a dial. So one, one side controls, there's two dials on the outside of the headphones. One controls the volume and the other one controls the noise cancelling. I don't think I've seen that before. Um, but basically without going into any menus or pressing any obscure buttons anywhere, you can just rotate the, the dial on the side of the headphones to increase the amount of noise cancelling or decrease the amount of noise cancelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, based on the, I saw some people do a hands on. And if you go the other way, it actually, uh, um, amplifies the sound. So if you're in an office and you've got the headphones on and you, you want to talk to people, you can rotate it all the way from noise cancelling to amplifying and you can actually hear the voices better while you've still got the headphones on. Um, so it'll actually mix it into yeah. any music or, or whatever you're, you're currently listening to. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to try these out as soon as they're available. I, I think they are about what you'd expect price wise. I'm not sure that I can't remember what they are in, in UK pounds, but they're, um, about what you'd expect for this kind of, um, premium headphones. So nothing, nothing too shocking there. Um, but yeah, a bit of a surprise. Charged by USB-C as well. So uh, interestingly, right? So we spoke in episode 25, actually, about the fact that I got some Sony WH-1000XM2s, which are the headphones that I use now for... I really like them. They're comfortable. They've got noise cancelling, etc. My first noise cancelling pair of headphones, I really... Yeah, I really like them. Um, Turns out there's a new model, XM3s, and they have USB charging on... uh, USB-C charging on them, it looks like. But the, the interesting thing is that the... The USB-C port is is facing upwards on the 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 one of the, the headphone. Do you call them cups? I don't know. Hmm. That's weird. And you'll see where the port is, and it looks kind of stupid um, <laughs> to me, at least, where it is. Um, so I was just going to add, basically. So you said that the dials, these surface ones, that there's dials on the the sides of them. Yeah. That's so right. that is actually quite nice because. The ones that I have, the, the XM2s, uh, they have this like touch-sensitive pad side thing, and that yeah. thing is extremely annoying, and I can't disable it because I never use any of those controls. Like I use my phone or the watch or whatever if I'm controlling something on my Mac. So I really hate those those touch-sensitive things. So to actually have dials for that kind of stuff seems like a better option. Exactly. A physical dial. I mean, this is... I'm always keen on having these kind of, these physical devices and you know what the surface team is like. They've uh, apparently spent a long time on making sure that the way that the dial feels as you move it is exactly what you want. They've got some mechanisms in it that give it like a tactic feedback as you yeah. turn it and all, exactly the kind of thing that they would do. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've tried the surface dial, you know that that is capable of yes, being that is nice. clicks or be smooth and all the rest of it gives you feedback. It's my understanding that it's a similar kind of thing. They've put a lot of engineering into, into these headphones. Um, I, 
think it also has some kind of touch sensitive thing because I've seen people tap right. aside to answer mm. phone calls and things like that. So I don't know if there's if that's actually a click or if it's touch sensitive. So you have a pair of these, don't you? Or the the previous model than mine, I think. The Sony one, sorry. Oh, mine's mine's a couple of models yeah. behind yours. Does any yeah. of those have the touch things on it? These ones don't know. Okay, got a, right. It's got like a little jog um, backwards and forwards yeah. uh, switch on the bottom, and then it's got two buttons for the for the volume. Right. But there's no there's no touch sensitive stuff on the side or anything like that. This one charges my Sony ones charge through USB in the same way that yours does. I think yeah. micro USB, mm-hmm. and it has a line input, which is really really useful. Yeah. Um, I'm using it right now. In fact, I'm using the line input so, right now. I really like how simplistic they are. Like the the fact is, I've got I've got a button to turn them on and off. There is a noise cancelling button which I never actually turn off, but um, it's there. And then there's the two ports on the other side or whatever. That's really nice. I like how simplistic they are, and the fact that there's no you know bunch of buttons. But at the same time, I only ever touch that touch thing accidentally. Like, yeah. and I've never been there able be to, to locate a button properly. Like, oh, I want to pause and like tap the right place, or you can like you can like stroke the side of it and it will like turn the volume up or something like that. Never been able to do that. I don't know. I don't really, I don't want to read the manual, right? Like, yeah, I don't want to do it, but I can't disable it. The thing, the thing about these is, is that, um, the, those Sony ones, the experience of listening to them is so good though. Like they sound so great. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. They they sound amazing. It's a bit of a shame that they, they kind of fall down on the interface and not to go into a tangent about, about, um, Sony, but I've always felt that that's Sony's problem ever since I was a kid. And I was trying to work out which Sony Walkman I wanted to buy because they have so many different models um, yeah. in parallel all at the same time. And their model names. And the model names are crazy. The model numbers are crazy. They they release uh, new versions like all the time. Yeah. Um, but I feel like even though they do make kind of incremental improvements all the time that there is no one perfect one and i felt that way when i was looking at sony hi-fis i felt that way when i was looking at sony walkmans i felt that way when i was looking at sony ericsson phones Mm. like the everything all the way down the line with sony that has always been the case amazing sound quality yes um it is that kind of finishing detail where if you look at someone like apple or a company like apple where when Steve came back and sorted it out. He paired all of their stuff down to a few models. Mm-hmm. And I think Sony, in my opinion, needs that. They need someone to, to, to cut through the product lines that they have and say, this is the one pair of high end yeah, noise exactly. canceling over the ear headphones. This is the one pair of in ear and, and just go through the entire line and kind of, focus those and, and improve them in the, in the way that um, Steve did when he came back and sorted out the iMacs and all of those mm-hmm. things. I know that Apple have got a bit different these days, but um, it's coming, coming back and getting rid of things like their digital camera and their other crappy products and just saying, just make these ones. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that like approaching Sony for a product, I even when buying these, like I, th- I mean, I bought, I've probably bought Sony products in the past, but you've obviously had more, you've obviously had more experience. Um, I didn't know where to start. Like, it's it's an absolute minefield. Like, it's crazy. How do I know what these numbers mean? Like, this is why clear products and clear naming of products and, and versions, etc., is really important because it, it just helps your your you know a new customer navigate 
where things sit and what the levels are and what they're looking for and which one is is the right one to go with. I, I yeah, I'm interested to see though how these surface ones turn out. So. Uh, when do they do they when do they ship? When is there any information around I'm, that? I'm I'm not actually sure. I've I think I was looking for a UK release date and I couldn't see one. Okay. Um, I'm not. I didn't really bother paying attention to the US one. So um, when they ship, you'll be buying a pair, right? Yeah, I will. I like I say I'm I'm going to um, replace a couple of pairs of my headphones because I think they've, it's about time. Um, because they before before they fall apart, they're starting to fall yeah. apart. Um, and I think the 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 surface ones and I, I'll probably get some Apple ones, whether it's beats uh, or the AirPods um, at some point as well. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Mavis podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Mavis podcast. And if you tweet us your questions, we will answer them on the show. Uh, you can find the show notes for today's episode at uh, mavispodcast.com slash 27. Um, and if you want to send us any tweets in general, just feedback or anything like that, that'd be really helpful. Um, and sharing the show as well would be very helpful. So if you've got some friends that you think might uh, enjoy listening to us babble on about uh, Apple events or whatever it is or notebooks or stationery and um, productivity, then uh, please do share the show because um, that would really help us out. Okay, so last in the events is the uh, just... Uh, recently passed the October Apple event in which um, they released some new MacBook Air, well, a new MacBook Air, a new Mac Mini, uh, and a new iPad. There was some stuff in the middle about the the Apple Store stuff with the the Today Apple events they're doing, but again, I don't go to them. I don't think any of us ever have, so we're not going to discuss that. Um, Now, to start with the MacBook Air, I I know that you guys, um, I don't know what your opinions are on the MacBook Air, but I know from from where I've been and people I've talked with or heard, um, the MacBook Air has always been the, the machine that people get, like they recommend out. And in fact, when I had one, it was my one of my first MacBook laptops. Um, I I really really love the Air. Like I, I there's a there's a there's a place in my heart for the MacBook Air. Um, so it's it's good to see that device being updated. Now. It's it's a similar thing. Like they've kind of brought it up to spec with the MacBook or MacBook Pro in a way. It's got uh, Touch ID with no Touch Bar. Uh, it's got a T2 chip, which means it's it's got really fast um, SSDs and uh, has all the security features uh, and a Retina display, which is cool. Um, the thing that I want to talk about quickly was the fact that the the thing the interesting thing about this model of MacBook Air is that the so right there's a couple of models to relate and compare here. The MacBook Pro Escape, the one without touch bar, was actually the same class CPU as the previous MacBook Air, the non-new one, um, and the Pros had a different class of CPU. So it's quite interesting that the ones without touch bar basically are, have always been better, and the this the Escape has kind of been the Air for a while. It's quite small. It just obviously doesn't have that tapered design, but it's basically been the Air. Now, this Air has a 5-watt CPU, which is closer to the, the MacBook, the, the baby MacBook Adorable, than it is to the previous MacBook Airs. And I find that quite interesting that... I don't know... Like Before, it was more clearing up where does the MacBook Air mm-hmm. sit between the MacBook and the, the the MacBook Pro Escape. It seems more to me now that it's more about where which which one will prevail, the MacBook Air or the MacBook Adorable. Because yeah. they're very similar machines now. Well, I was talking earlier about how 
you know, Sony needs to simplement, uh, simplify their product line. I mm-hmm. think Apple's getting a little bit confusing now. With their um, laptop line, yeah, for sure. With their laptop line, especially around this, still around this touch bar, because either either they were going to be all in on this touch bar or they weren't. At the moment, you can only get it on certain laptops, yes. which kind of makes it pointless. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're doing with the touch bar. Well, they're definitely not putting it in their air, are they? <laughs> well, no, but... Uh, yeah, but they've so, got Touch ID. They've got that Touch ID. Yeah, they which did. Which they've got it, rid of on, on all their phones and new new iPads. Yeah, they should, they should... In fact, actually, on the air, um, Face ID would have been better because it's a laptop. You can sit on it. You can sit on, sit on it. <laughs> sit down at it in the same way. In the same way you do with a Surface Book, you just sit down and it um, and it unlocks. It would be nice to just to have that. I wonder. Like, it's, it's kind of weird, right? But I wonder if that will start to come when they they make the transition to ARM. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know. If, and not that that should should hold them back, but I wonder if that's a thing. Yeah, it might be. It might be. But yeah, so so it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? It doesn't really sit anywhere, but. Is this, uh, and I, I'm, this may sound cynical, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't mean to be. Are they, are they releasing a new MacBook Air purely for the sake of its name? Like to, I mean, I know the body shape mm. is the similar to the, to the original Air, but are they just trying to, you know, stimulate some sales by going back to a previous glory? I, I think that's quite a hard question to answer. Um, obviously, I don't, I don't know, but I do think that there's obviously a lot of love, like I said before, for the MacBook Air, and it's definitely going to open some more people up to, oh, you know, instead of getting this couple of old year machine, um, there's now an option for you. Yeah. Um, well, the, the interesting, the original thing, MacBook though, Air was 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 trend setting. It was, right. yeah, uh, it was game changing, yeah. really, wasn't it, when it first came out? Mm. And it was the benchmark. You remember all those like samsung and toshiba and all those other guys making these clones and these days um you can look at something like a you know like what microsoft do with their surface line and a surface laptop is is in some way similar to an air but they are clearly doing their own thing now but back then they were they were doing the same thing including the the fold out flaps and Mm -hmm. and everything so yeah, I, th- I think the interesting part about this for me, and maybe in a, in a round, roundabout way of answering your question, is that the pricing of this machine is eleven starts at eleven ninety nine. The MacBook, which is which doesn't have Thunderbolt uh, three or two ports or a thirteen inch display, for example, is is twelve ninety nine or twelve fifty. I can't remember, but it's oh a I think it's about hundred dollars more. Which is why oh, right. this this whole pricing thing is confusing. Now the MacBook does have a, high, a more of a disc, so if they made a, I mean, anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. But I, I think that the I would I I would be happy to see the MacBook gone and the MacBook Air replace that essentially because I think the MacBook yeah. Air is now that low end machine. But the, the the interesting thing I was expecting a nine ninety nine, um nine ninety nine yeah nine ninety nine kind of price point because they the, the MacBook Air was at that price point and that was what made it really like accessible um and quite good for that that kind of you know i know it's not it's a lot of money again but it's the the low end of the line um price wise so and they didn't match that they went 11.99 so it's it's confusing i would like to see the macbook being dropped and the macbook air eventually being 9.99 again but again we'll see what happens there um 
the Mac Mini um, again, um, a really old machine. Like it was it's four years out of date. The model before the previous one was slower as it lost the ability to have uh, four cores, which was interesting. Um, I like I, I like the Mac Minis. I've I've wanted one. Um, a lot of people use them for you know servers. People who are Mac or uh, Mac OS or, or iOS developers use them for external builds. For example, uh, Mac Stadium have over eight thousand of these things uh, rack mounted, and people use those. Um, again, so that that has now been updated. They've got a new model. It's uh, Space Gray. It has some really nice internals. I think uh, again the T two. You can also get a ten gigabit Ethernet as an option, which is interesting because it's base, it's like a base thing on the iMac Pro. Um, but again, the, the, the base CPU on this machine is an i3 and, um, it is better than the previous model. Um, and it's a quad core i3, which I didn't know existed to be fair, but, um, I reckon I would probably at least get the i5 if I was getting one of these. Uh, the good thing is as well, they, they, it's a desktop machine. So they, they've made sure that it has, you know, uh, four Thunderbolt 3s and uh, two USB-As, and they didn't just get rid of USB-As, which is good. Uh, it did lose a couple of like optical or like audio-based ports. Um, that's fine. Do you guys have any thoughts on the Mac Mini? Um, I just think it's a good it's a good thing that they are they're back to doing it. It just it's just funny that they take so long to. Yeah, I mean, the Mac Mini was that machine where people they were they were it was aimed at you know, swapping out your, your tower, your windows tower and putting in this instead. I don't think that's what they're aiming it for now anymore. And that's probably a good thing. A lot of people use them as, you know, if they're in the Apple ecosystem, they use them as uh, home servers or like I said, the, the external builds, etc. Um, so I, I quite like this. I quite like this machine. It kind of makes me consider that, you know, if for example, they released a display, um, as part of the Mac pro, this is an option to pair up with that display and kind of have maybe in the office, for example, you know, I'm not saying I would do it. I'm just saying it's kind of nice to have that, that option again. So let's move on to the, the, the big boy, uh, the app, uh, the iPad, I was going to say Apple pencil then, um, the iPad, uh, got, uh, the iPad pro got a, a, a new year, uh, a new model, even a uh, new 11 inch and a new 12.9. The 12.9 is now smaller in size, like physical, like complete size. And the 10.5 is basically, the 11 inch, sorry, is basically the same size as the 10.5, but there's more, there's more display to it now. Um, as Jordan said earlier, I have ordered an 11 inch um, iPad Pro with, uh, I think, 256 gig disc, non-cellular. Um, the new Apple Pencil um, second generation and a folio keyboard case. Um, I really like this this uh, this new model. It looks really really nice. It's got uh, obviously reduced bezels. Uh, the edges are squared off, um, and the video in which they showed that was really really nice. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was like this thumb running along the side of the iPads, and then it was like squaring them off and like thinning out the edges and stuff. I don't really get why they squared off the edges because um, it's it's nicer to have rounded edges. So I'm not entirely sure about why they did that. Um, however, I am going to hold my judgment on this until I actually see yours. Um, because yeah. I think once you've got yours and we've had a chance to play with it, um, we, we can actually have a discussion about how it, um, 
how it's, it feels. Yeah, yeah. But my but my initial thoughts are that it's a that it's um it looks like a nice upgrade. Mm. I am a fan of rounded corners on screens. I know this is using the same technology as the 10R to mm-hmm. do that, I think. Um I am a fan of those kind of rounded devices because I think they make the device seem more authentic in some way instead of it just having a square you know rectangle inside yeah. of a rounded rectangle so i i think that's a that's a really nice improvement it looks really good um i like the fact that they have um changed the apple pencil which i think you'll get onto in a second mm-hmm. but yeah generally i think it's i think it's really nice i'm looking forward to seeing it yeah i i am too like i think like so i said i mean i've been waiting for i was actually waiting for a new ipad pro uh, the 10.5 inch for a while so um yeah i, I did I did order this um, when it came out, basically as soon as the event had finished. I, it's it seems really good, you know. It's liquid retina display like the 10R has. Face ID now that that works in all orientations and upside down, which was obviously a big worry about putting Face ID on the iPad. Uh, the 12X or the 1210 Bionic 12X, um, 8-core CPU, 7-core GPU, and it's you know it's faster. They compared it to an Xbox One S in graphics performance, which was interesting. Um, and it has one, an option for one terabyte in storage, which I know that like computers obviously have had one terabyte in storage for a long time now, but it seems kind of cool. You know, it's, it's, it's a 5.9 millimeter device. It's very thin. Yeah. I think the, the, the one terabyte storage coupled with the fact that it has USB-C, that's, that's the thing here. If you are a professional and you are taking, um, you know, video or photos and you want to be able to edit them um, on the iPad, you can certainly do that. I I know that there is a, a wider discussion, which keeps coming back every time an iPad Pro comes out, about how pro an iPad Pro is for actual mm-hmm. work. Um, but um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think it's a, it is a good move forward for them to have those high-end storage options for the people who want them. And the um, and obviously USB C yes is is a huge improvement for a professional device um, because it adds uh, adds a huge range of possibilities to to the iPad. Um, so I think it's a really good that's a really good move. Yeah, like again, I think I think I'd like to talk about this device more when I have it and have played with it. Yeah, but yeah, definitely. The, the one terabyte has six gig of RAM compared to the others having four gig, which I think is very interesting. Apparently, oh, I did not know that. Apparently, know that happened, so. and I'm not the expert here. Apparently, that's because this, the the one terabyte needs the RAM. I don't know. I'm not an expert. Um, I don't know why, but I've heard something about those two being coupled for a reason, not just because it's the top end. Um, performance if you if you yeah know. something like that um and then it ships with an 18 watt power adapter which is good um so oh the other thing as well like i'm not personally bothered by this um i i do think it's a bit ridiculous uh, for some professions or people who want this but they have removed the uh, the headphone jack as well so it's kind of sucky it, it, it doesn't really you know i don't know why myself yeah, as but- but especially me personally especially now at this time where um you know apple headphones that you buy from the apple store 
wired ones won't work with the iPad. Yeah, you yeah, the, because, they, you have to buy an adapter as well now. Yeah, so that's that's a bit silly, but I think it, that's just a transition time. And let's save that for another day because mm-hmm. um, I could, I I am interested to to hear everyone's thoughts on USB C versus Lightning. But um, I think <laughs> I think that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, so just on USB C, you can now connect it to apparently a instead of four K five K display and use it as a an external thing. The interesting thing is that if you're doing something touch-based, then you still essentially have to look down at the display to see what you're touching, so it doesn't really make sense there, but fine. Um, this might be quite nice for doing writing, like if you've just got a screen that's, you know, you connect a MacBook to, uh, just plug your iPad in and just continue writing like you, you could do on, you know, just using the keyboard case or an external keyboard. I like that. Um, the, the interesting thing about that was I was kind of hoping and I, I heard a rumor that they're working on a, an, a, you know, an Apple branded 5K display for the Mac Pro that's coming in WWDC next year. I was hoping that there might be some sneak peeks of this um, and maybe that it would be touchscreen so that, the, you know, you could plug the iPad into it and then have a touchscreen external display. Again, we don't know, but there wasn't any mention of that at all. I do really want a, a, an Apple display, though. And I will be buying one if they come out in next year's WWDC. Um, so yeah, the as, as Jules was talking about the the uh, professional use of it, uh, Photoshop on the iPad, not for the iPad, is coming um, in 2019. The and that looked really good. The AutoCAD, um, they said AutoCAD was also running on it, which is quite a high end piece of software that I've never used. Um, and also the the NBA game demo was was really really impressive. Um, so next big thing was the, the Apple pencil has a new generation and, um, this attaches magnetically to the side, um, and charges that way, which is great because the Apple pencil, uh, first generation has had this problem where, um, one, you can't connect it to the device apart from plugging it in the, the lining port, which was a bit dumb. Um, and essentially that you had to carry it separately, like you couldn't, you know, you'd have to grip it, whereas now it'll very snugly sit next to uh, the iPad and attach to it and charge at the same time. The other problem was with the previous generation that because you have them in the same bag, they'd be connected by Bluetooth and the drain battery, so it'd essentially never really be charged. Um, and now that won't be a problem because it'll always be charged because it is connected to uh, the, 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 um, the iPad itself and charging, so that's great. Uh, and now it has a touch sensitive button on it, um, which you can, which you and developers can use to integrate with and have other options. Maybe if you hold it, for example, or tap it, you can configure that in an app. Um, the interesting thing about that was that in the beta for iOS 12.1, there was some code that suggested there was a slide action on it. So instead of a tap, it was a slide, like it was touch sensitive along it. So you could slide up and down maybe through colors, for example, um, in Photoshop. That has since been removed, um, so I'm not sure from the, from the software, but yes. probably still in the hardware. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So um, the, I guess the big thing about this is one: what are they like when we have our hands on them? So we'll see because mine's arriving in three days. Um, and also, what will they be like when iOS 13 comes out? Because I think I think iOS 13 should have quite a lot of interesting abilities for these devices now that they, they they need some software to go with them to really you know boost them up to allow them to 
I mean, you, you, yes, these things have USB-C, but you can't plug them into a, um, you know, an external disk right now and get and you know transfer files between them. So even though that's quite a basic thing to do, the ability to do that in iOS 13 would be great. And yeah, so I don't really have much left to say on this. Um, but the the iOS, uh, yeah. So there's also a uh, new smart keyboard folio, which covers the back as well as the front. Which uh, the the previous Apple co- you know smart keyboard cover didn't cover the back. Um, this is because the uh, smart connector is now on the back, and um, it obviously needs to connect to that to get the power and and keep it in place. So they have 102 magnets on this iPad, um, keeping everything in place. Yeah. They actually gave that number out, um, placed some to keep the pencil in place, some to obviously do the detection for the, you know, when you open the front of the keyboard, it all turn on some to keep the cases on the back. So it was interesting. Um, there was a tweet from Phil Schiller, but people were saying that because the 11 inch is smaller, it won't be able to run three apps. But Phil Schiller himself tweeted at the, the group of people, including like uh, Vatici and John Gruber, etc., uh, saying that the, here's a screenshot of the 11 inch running three applications. Uh, you would, you know, slide over and split view, or it's called. So that was pretty cool. So you. You've been talking a lot, Jordan, about the iPad Pro. You, you've been had you had the, the you have you have the ten point five inch device with the pencil, and you you use it quite a lot. I'm surprised your comments on the iPad and the pencil in general are, are none so far. I need to see it before I make any comment on it. Otherwise, okay. I'm just going to go full nuclear on on Apple. Right. Okay. Well. Um, I'm re- I'm I'm really happy about these uh, these these changes. I again, we'll talk. Well, I think we'll talk more when we actually have them. Well, that's that's the end of the events. We got we got through it. Ray, I am not going to buy an iPad Pro, a new one. I am going to buy a Kindle because it's cheaper. They're very, they're very different devices. They yeah. are very different devices. Yes, it's <laughs> not expected to do the same things. I, I've already got an iPad, and I want to do more reading. And I don't want to do it on a glossy display um, because I feel like they're not that great for reading. I also don't want to carry a ton of books around, of which I've been doing recently on trains and in cars. And it's really cumbersome, especially when you've got two books that you want to read or you want to finish one and then you want to take another one. So I'm going to buy a Kindle Paperwhite, the new one. It comes out in three days. Three days. So wait, have you ordered it then? No. Oh, how come? Uh, I just haven't I haven't got to that task on my to do list yet. Oh, okay. And also, I'm borrowing Jules's at the moment. Uh, ah, I see. Yeah. First generation Paperwhite. So, what do you think of the of the Paperwhite? Well, I've had a Kindle before, so I had your second generation Kindle, original Kindle, uh, which I bought off you about five years ago, maybe four years ago. Yeah, it was a long time about. Yeah, jeez. And um, I used it a little bit and then I left it in a drawer because I just didn't read. And then I booted it up a few weeks, maybe two weeks ago when I was trying to trying to download a book that I wanted to take along with me. And the battery's completely dead and it won't hold any charge, which is understandable. The thing's 10 years old. Um, and I was reading a book recently and I finished it and I 
wanted to see what the difference between reading books which are lovely and Kindle Paperwhite would be because you know, you just can't beat the smell of a good book do you know what I mean? or any book. Yeah, they, so books are the books are the benchmark here, aren't they? Yeah, because they've been around for a very long time. They are really good at what they do. Obviously, there's a lot of variations of types of of books that you can get in terms of size and hardbacks and you know, all the rest of it. Um, but they are generally, they're, they're really, really good. Uh, and they last a very long time. They don't need any batteries or anything like that. However, they do take up space. Uh, quite a lot of space as well. Like I, I've got two on the windowsill, uh, downstairs right now. One I've I finished last week and one I started uh, a few days ago. And that's quite a lot of space. And I've also got two or three other books I want to read. And, but there's nothing, there's just nothing beats like reading a, a book, right? So the, the idea of a Kindle, like I've been like, oh, what's it like? What, you know, what's the reading experience like? I mean, I've, I know what it's like on an iPad. I know what it's like on a phone. I know what's like on a computer, but it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm definitely going to be buying the Kindle Paperwhite and books. I'm, I'm a bit, um, I've been about to, I was about to buy a set of books, um, yesterday, last night. And I thought, well, I could get the Kindle edition of these, but then it's the same price. And I'm like, I actually want, and and, and, and that's fine. They aren't cheaper. And that's fine. However, I read some, some books I want physical copies of. Um, but yeah, so more reading for me, mainly nonfiction, um, books about organization, books about getting things done, which is, one of the books by Dave Allen, which I'm reading right now, um, mm-hmm. and and various other books I want to read. But I need, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be traveling a lot, and I don't want to carry six books six books around with me when I know I'm going to finish a couple mm-hmm. over the trip. Adding a adding a Kindle to the amount of stuff that you're carrying, especially whilst you're traveling abroad and things like that, is so much easier than. Than a book. I mean, um, it's smaller than adding like an iPad or something like that. It's, you know, it takes up less space overall. You've already got chargers. And, and they last for ages as well, don't they? The battery. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it depends how you use them, but yeah, generally they, they do last a very long time. They sit, they, uh, on standby, they last an ex- like an extreme amount of time. Mm. Um, depending on how much you use your backlight or what lighting conditions you use, it is, uh, it kind of depends but the reason they're so efficient is because they don't um they're not active they, they don't use a lot of power when they're actually changing the sorry when they're displaying on the screen mm-hmm. unless you've got the lights quite high um it most of its power is used used when actually switching the graphics on the on the screen basically moving the ink um but these days the ones with the adapt i find that the ones are with the kind of like adaptive brightness and things like that they can use more power than if you turn if you turn it off basically uh so it really does depend on your conditions but i mean it's still a really long time you can easily read you can easily you know travel multiple flights on the same charge Mm. um and and read it and there's no problem you can easily have it for uh multiple weeks without charging it as well. So I have two questions, one for Jordan, one for Jules. Uh, Jordan, um, so it, it, it sh- they, they come out, the new ones that you want to order on the 7th, right? 
Uh, well, I think if I order it, it'll be delivered on the 7th. Okay. Why aren't you doing that? Oh, well, I, re- I figure out it's on Prime, so I've got until the 6th to order it to get it on the 7th. Okay. Um, that's fine. That's an acceptable answer. Um, Jules, you obviously have physical copies of books and um, you have Kindles and you also have audiobooks, but how do you find reading the Kindle compared to realistic books, like uh, to real actual physical copies of books? I know it's I know it's not like reading off an iPad. It doesn't have a glossy screen. Uh, screen. It's more like a book with the, with the e-ink screen. But how is it? Is it? Is it? Does it kind of pass as a book, or do, do you definitely feel it's different? Like, if, does that so, make sense? Yeah. No, it, it absolutely does. So um, it, it is it is really really different depending on um, on the book, and it's a funny thing because it's not just the the content of the book; it's also the the, the kind of type of the book. Um, so if I think about a textbook that is a um, so so obviously in our industry you get a lot of books that are things like um uh like a reference book is like he's teaching you something uh those tend to be large kind of paperbacks that you can open up on on your desk and they kind of flop open and they're quite they're quite large in size it's like a textbook like the kind of thing that you would have mm. you know at school or college and stuff like that now <laughs> for for reading that kind of content at a desk at a desk I prefer the physical book because you can easily flick between the pages. You can get the good gist of it and you can kind of flick through them. And it's, it's a nice experience to be able to look at those kind of, uh, pages, those kind of spreads of pages. Um, however, they are the worst books to carry around, right? So yeah, if you, if you have a couple of C sharp references or JavaScript reference or something like that in your bag, in your backpack, you, you're suddenly carrying a ton of stuff. So those ones work really well to actually be on the Kindle, even though sometimes the experience isn't actually as good on the Kindle as it would be for the physical book. Personally, mm-hmm. if I if it's a smaller paperback, like something like the size of you know, Getting Things Done or some of the kind of paperback uh, novel uh, novels that you get that kind of size, um, I basically... Though it's, it's not a fixed rule, so I may change my mind and... I'm, Reserve the right to do that. But as a general rule, those kind of books I don't buy as physical books now because the the actual physical size of the paper that you would read there is the same as the physical size of the Kindle screen. So there's not that much uh, benefit in having um you know actually having the physical book. Um so that so those are kind of like the content uh kind of fits um to that uh, depending on what you want to do there the one of the things that i think is the best uses for the kindle for me personally is is travel um especially yeah. on on like an aircraft because you don't get much space and you can basically hold the kindle in one hand or two hands and turning the page does not involve like moving your arms or poking anyone with your elbows or doing any of that kind of thing trains planes those kinds of things it is really good to be able to just hold that that um that device in your hand and flick to the next page and flick backwards and forwards when you are reading through the content from page to page uh really great experience it's almost like it disappears 
and that's what you right. want. Yeah. You, you forget the fact that you're reading it on a Kindle, uh, especially the newer one. So I have the Kindle Oasis. Um, and I think the, the, the paper white that Jordan's currently using isn't bad. The, the older ones, you knew, you notice it more, but basically what happens is your eyes move from the, from the top left hand corner down to the bottom right hand corner. And what you want is to be able to, for your eyes to get to the bottom right hand corner, you press a button and then your eyes to be able to dart up to the top left hand corner and continue without, uh, without it being jarring. And the Kindle Oasis, because it's so quick and doesn't do like a full screen refresh, that experience is really good. So you, you, absolutely can get lost in the content all you're seeing is the content and you forget about the fact that you've got this device um that's good especially especially when you've got the physical buttons the physical buttons are better but i mean swiping the screen or pressing on the side of the screen isn't too bad um the older ones used to flash i'm not sure about the paper white that you're trying out now jordan but the um your new one when you get it i'm sure Mm. it'll it won't flash very often you'll you'll hardly notice i don't Um, particularly notice it flash now to be fair yeah so i i don't think that one's i don't think that one's too bad i think it flashes like every fourth page turn or something along those lines um now there's i also listen to audiobooks and um i also read kindle books on the pc and on the phone and things like that so um this it really does depend and i like the kindle ecosystem and the way that it works with audible in the fact that they all kind of work together um but it's nice to have that kind of flexibility, but, um, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do without a Kindle now. I think they are, they are super useful. I know you're not keen on those kinds of screens, or at least you, you, you never used to be, but I, but you understand the point. You understand it. Yeah. So I've never, I've never had a Kindle, but I, I, I like the fact that it's. I guess it's more like a book than you know. Like I, I get reading on a on a um like an iPad or a phone is not is not anything like reading on a book. It's just it's just not because it's a glossy screen. It's probably white on the background and you know really kind of annoying um, to your eyes. Uh, so I, I yeah I've never had a Kindle, but I totally get it. I totally get why you'd want one. Um, I'm just I'm just interested because. The, the physically holding a book and reading it is is quite it's an interesting thing because it seems it, it's a hard question to, to articulate because having a physical copy that's that's printed is is a different thing to digital screens and I've never even though I've I've seen any screens like I they're still you know they're still screens right and I'm just interested to see how how it really compares um, having a physical copy to a Kindle, even though the Kindle is the best option out of all of the options for reading books digitally. Well, there's the, is it the Nobo as well, which is like an alternative e-reader, but it's not directly tied into the Amazon ecosystem, which is kind of where I would want to be uh, for e-books. Yeah, I would, I would say that the, um, the, the, the Kindle Oasis is, is the currently the, the pinnacle of, of those ebook devices i've looked at quite a few some some sony ones are quite nice but you you know what sony are like with their devices they'll probably replace it with some so other at least model. the kindle is the most common at least i mean the interest like the funny thing that i find is that like if i had a kindle i'd want that web browser taken out of it just because i'd want it to be i know it, i know it is very no distractions like there's no buttons around when you're reading um i, I don't even think i've loaded the web browser no i know <laughs> but just... it's like 
But it's just like, take it away then. Why is it there? Well, you need it. It's it the, needs to be there for the, the store, doesn't it? It needs to be there. It's, it's got, yeah, the so the, well, the... The store is the store is rendered using. Uh, it certainly looks like it's rendered using some kind of markup, which is probably the HTML that the um, that the same experimental browser uses. But if you actually if you actually click on a um, if you actually choose to look at a Wikipedia entry for a page so for a word, mm. if you look up a word, you can look it up in Wikipedia, right. and it pulls that that in, and then you can say, "Show me the, the the full page for this," and it actually goes to the Wikipedia page and shows you it. You can then type in any other URL, but I mean, I, I, if, you're distra- if you're distracting I, I, yourself with that, then you bought the wrong device. I'm picking yeah. anyway. I'm like, it's obviously like it's not a serious thing. It's just I find it funny that 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 is a thing. It's e- it's much com- more comfy, by the way, to read on a Kindle than it is with a book. I do get annoyed, like if I have a physical book in bed and like. The, the pages are scraping on the quilt or whatever, and you've got to like sit in the. How do you read? The <laughs> what do you, what do you I mean? don't. Like, pages scraping on the duvet. The I, don't, I, I don't understand how that. What? I showed you guys. Like, the if, you're, spine. if you're laid in, sorry, Jules. If you're laid in bed, right, and you've got you're reading a book, and you've got like you've got your hand like underneath, like between the two sides of the book, like the pages. And you've got your quilt of your legs, right? And like your legs are up, like but you're sat up in bed or whatever. Sometimes, like it's like, you you move or like you know, like you you turn slightly and it starts to scrape on the quilt. Like mm. I'm I'm not saying it's a huge mm. problem. I'm just saying it's it's like a it's like oh the I, the book. I know what you, I know what you mean though. So I've, I've had similar do. problems where I've I've dropped um I've dropped books in the bath before. Oh god! Like so I, I mean I know I know it happens. My uh, Bill Bryson um my uh. I dropped one of his books into into the bath. I've still got it. It's the pages are a bit wavy, but um, <laughs> you know. um, uh. but, the, but I I I I know what you mean, and um, I I think I sent you a picture. Of, uh, we were talking about one of the books um, the other day, and I sent you a picture of the spine of one of these books. And um, often with those, because this is we're talking about kind of novel size paperback. Um, I often bend them back on themselves and things like that. To, yeah. To, yeah. So that I can hold them in certain ways and you kind of hold them in a particular way to, so that they, um, so that you can hold it open. But the, that physical experience of this, of the sounds of the smells, the feel, the texture of the paper and, yeah. um, those kind of things that the very kind of physical aspect of you feeling how far you are through a book is something that is very difficult to replace mm-hmm. in a digital way. And sometimes that matters and sometimes it doesn't. And I, I have very strong memories of reading certain books because I remember like the, the sensations, the, the kind of situation I was in when I was reading that book. And I, I have that less often with the Kindle because it, because there is, uh, less of it. But sometimes that just doesn't matter. Like I, I read a book on the, on the plane back from the States and it just, it just didn't matter. I was completely, totally engrossed in that book. And when I finished that book, I was like, Oh, I, I can't believe I finished this book already because I, I was just so engrossed in reading it. It, it didn't matter. And I have memories and experiences about the book, but mm-hmm. the actual reading of it, like it was more about the fact that I was sat in an airplane than it was about 
the the connection to the book. So um, it's a it's a different it's a it's a very different thing. And the experience of reading a book is still quite nice. And I will continue to buy physical books, um, but I think the majority of the books I read is they're digital now and they're on the they're on the Kindle. Mm-hmm. I. Yeah, so I think next episode we should have hopefully some things to talk about related to like further in the book space and also Jordan will have a new Kindle and I will have the new iPad so we'll be able to talk about those a bit more then. Uh, Jordan, please order it. Uh, I want to talk about that. I want to see how you find it. Um, talking of paper and, and books, um, I have my new 2019 Hoppin' um and Jules, I'm not sure if you've made your mind up, but you you at least have some options as well, right? Yeah. So last year I used the original Hobonichi Techo, which is the version that you've got this year. So yeah. you usually go for the English one this I time do. you got the Japanese one. Um I still love that form factor. I still love the paper and I love everything about it. But um I I I definitely wanted something different this year um and i hadn't decided which one to go for yet so i basically bought myself two for 2019 (laughs) yeah and given myself some time to decide which one and in fact at this stage i'm basically going to start both what um yeah i'm basically going to start both and see um so really you haven't made a decision or is this the decision? Like, is this like a? Is there a reason behind this? Or is this because you haven't made a decision? Yeah, because I th- I think what's going to happen is I'm going to use them in slightly different ways. Okay. So um, so first of all, uh, so we've talked about the uh, the Hobonichi, the original Hobonichi Techo before. Yes. And um, you know, we we talked about the layout and things like that. Essentially, it is a page per day, mm-hmm. and it has an entire year in there, and. The, the the Japanese version has a slightly different layout to the English version, but basically you have uh, some time. De- you can use the pages any way you want. Basically, yeah. you have time down the, the left hand side. You've got a few checkboxes at the top, and then you've got like a large gridded area in the mm-hmm. middle that you can use um, to write on every day. Um, few things about it is that they because it is a obviously an even number of pages and. Um, the the odd number of days in a week it kind of you, you're never really consistent about where a monday is and things like that so sometimes finding particular weeks can be a little tough mm-hmm. it's not it's not that tough um but uh it is sometimes a little bit more tough to do that especially with the japanese version because um after a while you get used to the colors and the um and the shapes uh, the, the kind of the, the japanese um characters for certain yeah. months you will get used to that over time but um it's a little bit more tough to find those uh but because of the fact that the paper's so nice and everything it was still worth worth doing mm-hmm. so what i've done is i've basically gone for um the same version as the as the techo but cut in half so it's half a year and another half a year in two books but it's the same a6 size right uh, notebook it's just half the mm-hmm. thickness and half the thickness so in total they're slightly thicker if you add the two together it's slightly thicker than one year in the, in the techo but um but the avec is split into two which means that the start of the year and the second half of the year 
um, there is a kind of, there's a point in the middle where you're switching from one book to the other, which I kind of like that idea of switching from one to the other, kind of these natural kind of breaks in the year, which you can use to kind of review things. So I might use the first six months of this and not use the second six months. I may use the second six months and not the first six months. I may use both. I may use them for something different. I have options there. So I decided to go for that one. The, the one that was a little bit different this time is I decided to also get the weeks uh, notebook. And this is different because it is a a week per page for per double page spread mm-hmm. rather than a, a day per page, single yeah. page. So two, so two, uh, two days on a, on a spread, but mm-hmm. a page, uh, a page per day. Um, and it's purely for those reasons that I said, like being able to find a specific week is quicker. Being able to jump between them is quicker. There's less space for content, but there yeah. is more, it is easier to find an, to see like an overall so- view. Yeah, so so just on that, I I think we all have maybe had the uh, Moskin um, weeks one where it is similar. So you inst- on the left and right page, left is like the five or six or seven day listing of days in the week, and the right is just a blank page. Um, yeah. if, Jordan, did you have one of those as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. My um, Moskin so, two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen, I think. Was yeah. hard. It was hard back though. So it was like six months of the year. I think you had a, you had a. I did a full year with yes. soft, soft cover. Mm-hmm. I've had. I've had, I think I've had two. Um, before I got the Hobonichis. I I quite like that. I write more con. I write like the full page of content every day. I think Jules, you've you've cut down in your content, which is why. Um, and this is not a bad thing. This is what you need in your life right now. Um. And which is why this is kind of an option to you, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's a combination of things. So um, I found that um, I did more reflective, reflective kind of writing like that um, when I was on my own more. Um, so so basically, when my wife wasn't around, I, yeah. would, I would spend more time writing that, and I had. And I don't feel bad about it, but I found less time to do that kind of writing uh, when she's around. And it's not not a problem. I just, I just felt like in some ways, perhaps I didn't need to so much, but I, I do recognize the fact that that kind of writing is incredibly useful and it is something that I like to do. Um, and then at the same time, uh, I also wanted to be able to organize my weeks in a way that I can, I can see uh, goals that are relevant for a week rather than relevant relevant for a day. Because if I want to achieve something in a, at some point in a week, it's hard to do on a single page. So that kind of up upfront planning is harder on a on a day per page. So reflective yes, writing yes. is easier, but planning is harder. Mm. So um, I look back at some of my previous books because I keep them all, of course, and I saw that. Um, Pro, like progress updatey type, uh, more kind of graphic, um, notes were, um, richer, uh, in the week based notebooks compared to the day based notebooks. And the day based notebooks were more focused on like how I felt or, um, you know, or 
or what I was thinking about on that particular day mm-hmm. in, or in that particular moment. So I think that they're kind of like two different things. Now, since it's not actually, it's not just since that getting the surface go, but actually since, um, the start of this year, really, I have been using OneNote a little bit more whereby every week I create a new page. So every month I create a new section and every week I create a new page. And in that I tend to do a lot of the, a lot of kind of reflective doodles and writing and those kind of things that I would perhaps usually do in the Hobonichi. So it's like a, it's like a combination of these things kind of shifted whereby the amount of content going into my Hobonichi Mm. Techo has been less this year than it had been on previous years. And it was something I wanted to increase. I have increased that in one note and in other ways, but I, I haven't done it in, in the, the Hobonichi. So either way in 2019, I'm, I'm either carrying around something that's half, half as thick. Yeah. Bonus. Yes. Right. Or I'm carrying around something significantly smaller, which is the, which is weeks or some combination of both. But, um, it's that kind of mixing things up that gives me the op- opportunity to say, well, maybe this one is for this kind of writing and that one's for the other kind of writing. Or maybe I'll, I won't feel bad if I just don't use one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just letting myself kind of work out what, what works here. Um, I like that. But I, like that. I, but I am kind of leaning towards the weeks being the kind of thing that, that I get out when I'm in the office. And, yes. you know, yeah. when I get, when I, when I'm, when I'm at work, uh, the weeks perhaps I have open or, you know, I have to hand in my, in the bag that I carry to work with me every day. Whereas the Avec may be at home. And, um, uh, you know, I think that's probably how it's going to go. Uh, so I might end up using both. I may just use the weeks. I may mm. start with the weeks cause I'm actually going to start using the weeks, um, in December. So before the year actually starts because it has December in there as well. Right. Um, so I may decide that actually I don't like it because I, I literally haven't written a single yeah, yeah. A single word in it right now. It's completely empty. I've looked at it. I've spent time thinking about it. Um, I made some, I actually made some notes in OneNote about how I could use it, mm. um, but I haven't written a single thing in it yet. So I don't yet know how I feel about it. You know, um, I, I, I do really like the fact that, you know, 2019 means a new planner. Um, but every year, because we have to order them, make sure we have them for the year, uh, ready for the start of the year. It means that for about two months minimum, uh, they're sat on a shelf. And I can see mine yeah. right now sat on a shelf, yeah. like looking at me like, use me. It's like, I can't, yeah. you're, yeah. you're not Thinking ready for it. me yet. Time yeah. is and, not, and, time is not good. You know, you kind of think about what you want to use it for and so on. I actually have the weeks in front of me right now because um, I've actually been uh, been looking at the pages and comparing them to the uh, to the moleskin, they are quite similar yeah. in, in a lot of okay, ways. Okay, cool. Um, but I think I think what's going to end up happening, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but I think what will end up happening is the weeks is actually going to be the one that I go to more often. Um, but I don't expect to write anything deep and you know meaningful in some ways mm. in this that kind of reflective writing. Um, and I think I will. I will see if if that happens in the Avec. Um I got the uh the leather the leather weeks in midnight, which is like a really super dark blue. It's not quite black, it's like a super dark blue. It feels lovely. It reminds me of the kind of soft cover moleskins in some ways. 
Um, it's really nice. So I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to uh, the start of December, the week, the week that December starts, so that I can actually start using this and see how I feel about it. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So no. So I haven't decided really, have I? <laughs> no, not really. That's fine though. That's fine. It sounds, it sounds like you're deciding to decide. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got I've got a plan moving forward, um, and I fundamentally I don't want to feel bad about it in any way. No, if no. I don't, if I don't use it, if I end up with blank pages, it's okay. It doesn't matter. It is a tool to be used. I won't feel, I don't want to feel bad about it because I know that that is a trap that people get in when mm-hmm. they buy a, a shiny new planner at the start of the year and they write a ton in it at the start and then it diminishes throughout the year. And then it, they just feel some kind of guilt and, you know, for not using it enough. Yeah. Um, I, and I don't want to feel like that. I don't mind. I so I'm doing pretty well at keeping up with writing in my Hobonichi this like this year and the last year. I'm really enjoying it. I'm glad that I'm doing it. It's not something that feels like a drag on my day at all. Like I do like I do I do really like doing it and, and it seems like it's it's not too hard, right? Um for my setup next year, I um the only thing I'm changing, as Jules mentioned, is I've gone from the English Techo to the original, which is the Japanese version. There are some different layout versions uh, differences in layout and colors and um things like that but it's nothing too drastic i only tend to use the actual daily pages anyway i don't really fill in anything around the edges um so they don't really apply to me but i may look into them i don't really see much at the moment though because i do a lot of like like there's a calendar in there but i'll use my actual calendar because i have a lot of digital stuff for invites etc so i look in there i don't use that um but yeah, it's the only kind of thing I'm changing, and I'm just kind of wanted to change. Also, the because of that new layout, it gives you a bit of an option. There's like a faint line that you can have kind of you can kind of ignore or choose to use, or I may set up some new rules for the check marks and kind of fill those in with certain things every day. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of again like as as we use these things, we kind of explore and switch around and try new things um, in the books themselves. Um, so. Yeah, similar setup for me. I do uh, want to just mention the fact that I'm just finishing up a sort of jade with a hint of acid green field notes, and I'm going to use a red blooded field notes. They are now in my mm. seed A6 uh, notebook from Knock, um, so I'm I'm looking forward to using that. And I think next year, if not sooner, I'm going to replace. Uh, my Jetstream Prime and stock up on some refills and things like that just because I've had that Jetstream Prime for a while. Replace, mm, you're With gonna the Jetstream and... Prime. Oh. oh well I I'm I'm gonna after this after we get off this call, I'm gonna try, try and find it again. But I still want that Jetstream Prime oh, rotating yeah. delivery yeah. single. I still want it. And I have been unable to find it. Obviously it was announced uh, ages ago now. Mm. But um, I still have not seen it. I would like to try and get my hands on one. So I, I carry around with me in my CDA6 case the um, the Jetstream Prime and a Sharpo L- uh, ST3, I think it is, an ST3. Um, there was a moment where my my Prime ink uh, was being terrible. And so I ended up just like picking up the Sharpo and using that for a while. And I did enjoy it. It's it's the D ones are definitely sharper, like which isn't actually a good thing. I, d- I don't like it that they're sharper, but they're it's a nice pen. It's a really nice pen. Um, then when I eventually 
sorted out the refill in the in the 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 prime, I found that the um the fact that it was thinner and also just cleaner, like there was, it was like the Sharpa's not it's not massive, but it's a little bulky, and I like how thin and like straight and simple the prime is. And I was just like, yeah, I really I I really like the fact that the prime is a thing in my life. Um, it's just the fact that I've had it for like probably two years now or something. Like the cap at the end um, is rubbed off, and that rubbed off ages ago. The feeling of like the matte original feeling is now just completely smooth and shiny. Um, my my clip uh, is it called the clip, Jules? The, the thing that yeah. you put in your pocket, yeah. Um, that is that's still tight. Like I know Jordan's was really wobbly and horrible. No offense, that's, Jordan. That's because um, I I use it a lot. Yeah, so I've never used mine. So mine's like really nice and tight, and it's still good. It's still a good pen. It's it's probably one I'll have at my desk. Um, I just feel as though uh, I would like to get a new one. Um, and again, like I'm happy to try some other things as well. So um, if anything does happen, then or anything you know, Jules, you want to suggest or find, then uh, suggest them, and I'll look. I don't think yeah. I'll switch to a fountain pen though. I think that's that's too much. That's too much for a daily thing for me. Um, I have been listening to the Penedict more though. Um, but again, I don't good, think good I'll... podcast. We'll we'll put a link in the yes. show notes. Though. But again, I don't think I could uh, spend that much time and an effort, uh, an effort, and, and also money on fountain pens like they like to talk about. Um, so yeah, send this out for me. But I'm just happy that um, I managed to get some point oh field notes on on um ebay a little while back oh yeah the the point o's yeah very very good looking kind of pastel colors yeah i haven't used one yet but i gave one to you jules didn't i yeah i've got, I got the yellow one yeah so I'm, I'm looking forward to using those at one point i also got some more red-blooded which is why i'm happy to use one now <laughs> so yeah similar similar setups for me uh jules you're trying some stuff um and jordan you're still you got our field notes out the other day. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I haven't used my jet stream in about a year because I've had a year of digital. Was it dry? No, no, no. It's fine. Oh, I've been in my uh, little pen holder with my LT three, my ST three, and my the LT threes. They're the thinner ones, aren't yeah, they, Jules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And my um, Kuratoga. Nice. So it was nice. I got out a California County Fair red field notes. Uh, oh, yeah. I can see one. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually had one in my little leather pouch that I started in 2017, September, that was like five pages in. Uh, that was before I decided, you know, I was like, I'm going to go digital. And then so I stopped. Yes. And that was where it was at. So I ended up not using the red one and just said, well, I just wanted to make some notes about some stuff. So I will put it in my unused blue, mm-hmm. blue County Fair version of the California. I think it is. They have, I've, I'm, t- I'm totally out of the loop with field red, notes. Red, blue and yellow yeah, yeah, yeah. for each one. So yes, I am thinking about what, 2019 is going to look like for me uh, with with I'm going to obviously keep my iPad I'm going to keep my Apple Pencil I've realized mm-hmm. that uh, the problem is with note taking 
on with using OneNote for me and all that kind of stuff is that I'm just not consistent enough with it. And I have different, like I don't organize my notes, at least with like a, a field notes, like you organize things in pages and you can flip back and forth between them. But with OneNote, you could do things in sections and you can do things in this and you can do things in that. And it ends up in a mess very quickly. And I've not been yeah. very good at organizing that mess. So it becomes a bit like I'm just, it just becomes a dumping ground basically. I will say though that field notes for me at least are very similar in the way that they're, they're like rolling pages and I don't tend to, I can flip back, yeah, because probably at the same time when I'm transitioning or um, thinking about something that I was thinking about a few days ago or whatever, it's in the same field notes. But, um, and sorry to interrupt, but basically they are just rolling notebooks for me. And when I, like I have used this year, I've used a couple of the larger sizes of um like the black ones, I forgot what they're called, um, as like project notebooks that will span longer than a single uh, field notes would just because I want that reference for, for longer. Um, and that's maybe something you could consider. I'm not sure. More than one. I'm not sure. I don't think I want more, like, I don't know. I want as as little as possible to get my, to be a, as effective as possible. I don't know. I I I definitely think that, I haven't given, I need to readdress how I use OneNote. And that might include setting up a brand new notebook. Because uh, I didn't do that. I just used my original notebook. It's got tons of stuff in it. Um, I think I need to use paper um, to figure out how to use digital. <laughs> like write down my stuff on paper about digital to figure out what I'm going to do about digital. Because... Yeah, because otherwise it gets lost. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That is the end of episode 27 of the Mavis Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode at uh, mavispodcast.com slash 27. Like I said earlier, you can tweet us your questions at Mavis Podcast on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Andrew Hathaway on Twitter. Julian is at Julian K. And Jordan is at Jordan is on Fire. Picking up the headphones because it's colder and the air pressure probably does something to the way the sound travels.